Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. Hey, Matt, we've got a special guest today. We do. Welcome back to the bunker, James King. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Isn't this going smoothly? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. I, te- I tell you what, technology, it just makes everything so much easier. Doesn't it? <laughs> it just reminds me of all the programs I'm watching on TV at the moment, where there's, this, uh, there's obviously lots of interviews on television via internet, and people go, hi, and how are you? And if they've got two people, then they all speak at once, <laughs> yeah. and then stop at the same time, yeah. and then carry on. It's just, uh, it's yeah. Just, I mean, yes, we're, we're, we're doing this via the interweb, obviously, and obviously, everyone's having probably the same conversations over Zoom, Skype, or whatever. And of course, the internet's clogged. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's not my equipment, it's got to be the internet in general. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a really nice, easy edit for us as well, isn't it? Obviously, unless, uh, <laughs> unless James wants to do it for us. But. <laughs> Although, I, I should thank, I should thank um, the miracles of the internet for uh, uh, something that happened to me last week. I was doing a TV show. Um, from you know via um, FaceTime from my lounge talking about movies that's, kind of, that's the only thing people want to hear from me and um, then the, the TV show is called Health Check UK it's on BBC and then they said uh, we've got Mr Motivator coming on at the end to do an exercise <laughs> routine do you want to join in you know in your lounge and we'll we'll put you up on our screen you know in a little box in the corner of the screen whilst he's doing the, the workout and you can do it along with him so thanks to uh i think it was facetime i've now worked out with mr motivator live on national tv oh wow i mean it's another bucket list thing gone isn't it I mean, absolutely <laughs> absolutely so you know it has its problems it can be a bit confusing you should tell see my parents they make it very confusing but uh ultimately i'd, I'd never have got to work out with mr m if it wasn't for the joys of the internet you're a lucky guy, James. What can I say? <laughs> I didn't know he was still going, but obviously he's going strong. Obviously he's fit as a fiddle. Well, apparently, apparently, because we all want nostalgia at this time of, of crisis, people such as Mr. Motivator are sort of coming out of retirement to warm <laughs> our cockles and make us feel all nostalgic and cosy again. Well, that's uh, a known thing, right? Because like during times of sort of recession, nostalgia films always do much better. I think it's totally true. And, and just anecdotally, people I've been speaking to have all been going back to their, you know, their cosy films, their feel good movies, movies they've seen a hundred times before. And even your TV shows, you know, you only have to look at like the Golden Girls getting repeated on, on Channel <laughs> 5. Um, but I think pretty much specifically to cater for people who are at home because of lockdown. And yeah. want to watch something old school and, and, you know, get nostalgic every afternoon. This is a great segue into our movie choice for today. We chose Howard the Duck and we asked uh, James to just to come on and talk about it with us. Because although usually with the podcast, when we get guests on, we ask them to come and defend the honour of something. But we thought we'd do it differently. And, and we said, well, you know, James, would you like to come back on the podcast? Yes, of course I would. I love this podcast. And <laughs> what, fi- what shit film do you want me to watch? I said, well, is Howard the Duck? And he's like, yes, let's do that one. Because why wouldn't you want to sit down and watch Howard the Duck? <laughs> I mean, it was, certainly, it was certainly an opportunity for me to reacquaint myself with it because I haven't seen it in a long time. And even though when I, when I wrote a book about teen movies, I, I sort of alluded to it a little bit because Lee Thompson uh, went straight from being the, the human star of Howard the Duck into the movie Some Kind of Wonderful and actually only made the teen movie Some Kind of Wonderful because she'd had such a bad time making Howard the Duck. So I had, I'd, I'd written about it in the last two or three years, 
but hadn't actually sat down and watched it for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so it was it was all rather lovely to be asked. And I thought, what better way to spend <laughs> two hours in lockdown than to watch one of the most notorious flops of all time? Across the sea of stars lies another world, a world almost exactly like ours. This is where he lives. He's 27 years old, single but searching. Favorite sports, windsurfing and Aikido. Favorite pastimes, cigars and sex. He has everything except fulfillment. And then one night, it happens. Hey, good buddy, are you home? He has a very sudden midlife crisis. He lands in Cleveland. You do know why you were sent to me. Listen to me, small visitor. I can explain how you got here. Maybe you're here for some greater purpose, some cosmic cause. Here, he's forced to reassess his career goals. You went to med school? To explore new relationships. <laughs> to redefine his self-image. I'm sorry, we don't allow pets on the premises. To adjust to a changing lifestyle. Oh, I pull it out! Until he discovers just who he really is. Oh, no. A duck in big trouble. That's a duck, man. Howard the Duck, trapped in a world he never made. Yeah, Howard the Duck, 1986 was its release. The plot synopsis is this. A sarcastic humanoid duck is pulled from his home world to Earth where he must stop a hellish alien invade... Sorry, a hellish alien invasion with the help of his nerdy, a nerdy scientist and a cute struggling female rock singer who fancies him. Who um, wrote that synopsis? <laughs> <laughs> that's IMDb. So I, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's, that's their top tier sort of kind of plop synopsis there. Director mm. was um, Willard Hayek. Is that right or hook? How do you pronounce it? Yeah, I don't know how you pronounce I'd it. I mean, hook, I mean yeah. he's, he's got a relatively, or had before Howard the Duck, quite a credible career. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think afterwards things changed somewhat. Yeah, so we've got Jenna Jones and Templar Dean was a writer for American Graffiti. He was a writer for that. Not so many directing credits. Needless to say, Howard the Duck was the last thing he directed. <laughs> this has got a pretty interesting cast. I mean, Lee Thompson obviously was really hot property in Hollywood at the time. Obviously, we've done, we've done Batch of the Future and it was, it was amazing in that. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, who uh, was, was Beetlejuice fame. I, can, I know he's been in a hell of a lot of films, but I, I know him very well. Right? That's oh, kind of from- the, the area that we've been in here. Uh, Tim Robbins, a very early Tim Robbins, <laughs> and lots of other people. It's a difficult one to talk about because it is so bad, but the first thing you kind of see is George Lucas's name, which kind of pops out. And this is a film that he did directly after Return of the Jedi, isn't that right? Yeah, and I think he'd been wanting to make it for a long time. It was a passion project of his. Um, yeah. So this, this is a George Lucas Marvel film because it's based on a Marvel comic book. So, you know, sci-fi fans, this is probably... Well, unless they've seen it, this is probably on paper <laughs> like a dream combination. It's like the Star Wars guy meets Marvel. How amazing can that be? So, and I think it was also the first Marvel comic book that was a feature film. Obviously, yeah. there'd been TV shows and you know cartoons and things, but I think it was the first Marvel feature film. So, yeah, it was a it was a thing that George had been involved with for a long time because the comic book came out ten or fifteen years before that in the early seventies, and he'd been wanting to make it, and he loved the comic book, and a lot of planning went into it. 
Yeah, I think originally there was lots of issues with rights for this character as well. And that's why kind of the, the accelerator was pushed, if you like, to get this, this movie going. And I think they really wanted it to be an animation, but for some reason it had to be like live action for some reason. Otherwise they couldn't get or fulfill the rights um, issues that they were having at the time. Um, and I think this is, the, this is half part of the problem with this movie is it in terms of how it's pitched and, and you know its audience it's really hard to see you know what they were going for in terms of that because there's just so so much sleaze as there is with <laughs> Howard the Duck anyway is a sleazy comic book character isn't he he's kind of like a uh, is he a private detective is that his yeah, thing kind of, yeah he's kind of a sort of yeah detective so I mean where is this going because I, I wouldn't a lot of films from the 80s, I wouldn't necessarily sit and make my kids watch nowadays because they're just not appropriate, like Teen Wolf and, and, and everything else. There's, there's, there's loads that just have really difficult language and stuff that hasn't potentially yeah. aged well. I think we touched on this on an old episode of the podcast anyway about, about 80s nostalgia and how actually it's great, but uh, there are some things in there that, that don't really sit very well anymore. Um, but th- yeah, the themes of this movie are, are strange, aren't they? We've got all sorts of very dodgy subjects. <laughs> yeah, well, when was the first time you saw this film? I don't think I saw the full version of it till, till much, much later, but I saw bits and pieces of it when I was very young, in the 80s. Yeah, I, I didn't see it as a child. I was definitely grown up when I saw it. I didn't see it when it came out. But that, that I mean, those, those themes are in the comic from what I can understand and the comic is very sort of tongue-in-cheek and knowing and um, pretty clever and I think actually the the weird thing about the movie is that you do have those sleazy moments <clears throat> there's you know so, kind of odd gags where where Lee Thompson finds a condom in Howard's <laughs> wallet <and things> like <laughs> that. <clears throat> you start, I mean I just can't even work out that sort of the anatomically how that uh, you know, it goes, but um, <laughs> but um, but then you know the design of him and the design of the film is quite quite bright and kid yeah. friendly. Yeah, um, it's safe, so isn't really, it? Yeah, so really, they should. I don't mind if it wants to be sleazy. I've got no problem with that. But go all the way. You know, if it mm. was done now, it would be, I guess, more like a Deadpool kind of movie, and it would be Ryan Reynolds voicing yeah. out the duck, and it would be full on R rated, and that's great. You know, if you if you if you go for it, then just go for it 100%. But the problem, I think, with Howard the Duck is it's sort of 50-50. There, there is the sleaze, there is the dirty stuff in there, which obviously goes back to the source text. But then they kind of cop out a little bit. They, they wimp out and try to make it really mainstream and summer blockbuster-ish. It came out as a PG, right? So they tried to grab as much audience as possible with that. Um, yeah. I think there's a, there's a nod to the fact that it was watered down quite considerably from the comic books. But I used to watch this film a lot as a kid because my mum at the time brought this home on VHS where VHSs were like about 70 quid a pop. And she'd like <laughs> found it in a, like a bargain bin. They were getting rid of this. I think it was this and the hitcher. <laughs> Oh and, wow! Um, <laughs> in that typical brilliant parenting from the eighties, <laughs> so you thought that was that was fine. Um, the, the the certificate on the front was just a rough guide. So yeah, I I probably watched this like film like ten fifteen times as a kid. Easy. I always remember the first kind of fifteen to twenty minutes of it, and then I did the rest of it. I don't know whether I stuck. Is that because of the duck boobs that you? Well, saw? I mean, <laughs> I think that that is. The, we might as well address the uh, the elephant in the room or the duck boobs in the in the room because. <laughs> That is a that is that already is a is a warning in terms of where we're going in terms of its PG certificate because it's a strange it's a strange thing to see you can't quite 
you know, take it in, can you, really? I mean... You can't it? unsee it once you've seen it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that it got a PG certificate with all this stuff, actually. I mean, this is certainly in 86 when they're a lot tighter on things anyway. You know, Ferris Bueller got a 15 certificate when it came out. So how Howard the Duck managed to get PG? I suppose there wasn't swearing in it from what I can remember. And, and maybe the, the, the sex references, they, you know, the censors presumed would go over the heads of, of little kids. If you watched it, 10 times as a kid what you know do you remember getting those those gags or wondering uh, what they meant no i mean the, the, the when i watched rewatched it this week um the duck tits were the first time i remember and i thought about jesus you would have thought that was stuck in my mind right <laughs> like strange <laughs> strange orbital duck boobs can i just say matthew i think i think the version i may have watched may have not had nipples I'm just thinking I was surprised. Well, as a child? Or yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> right, the, the, okay. the one I watched, obviously I watched this because it's on Sky Movies at the moment and it's in the superhero section, which is weird, but I don't know, I can yeah. see it. But um, it is, yeah. when I watched it, uh, I was surprised as the nipples because I think in the version that I saw as a kid, I would have, I would have definitely said something to somebody about that at the point. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I, I clearly remember the, the Lee Thompson uh, kind of like where she sort of tries to embarrass him by seducing him. Because yeah, just in yeah. like a like a, a sheer negligee and like a incredibly small pants. It's just like that. Even as a child, that was uncomfortable watching, <laughs> um, and even more so now. It was just like that's that is odd. It's odd, isn't well, it? But she does odd. some some duck seduction. Um, she does duck seduction. I, yeah. You see, I, all of that stuff. You know, maybe as a kid you go with it a bit more, but there's so little explanation of anything, and that was the problem I had with it. Watching it again is that you're just sort of even though it's a two-hour film, you're very quickly thrown into this situation where the film presumes you just totally understand it all and go with it. And it's like, well, we're starting in Duck World. I mean, we're not even, it's not even really explained what that is. I mean, I know that it's like Earth, but full of ducks. Um, but, you know, what, why, where, you know, how? Yeah. There's, there's no real explanation for it. There's no, and even, um, even Lee Thompson, uh, you know, she seems to, Beverly, isn't it? Beverly yeah. seems to get used to Howard, like, being there very quickly. Um, and you just think, if you've met a sort of alien duck that, that, that behaves like a human, would, would that not take weeks months <laughs> to get used to you know she seems to get used to him really quite quickly and i think that that actually when you look at the pacing i mean i think the first hour i could kind of handle but the second hour drags a bit and it's like yeah. you really could have had you could have paced this a bit better so perhaps we kind of get into the mood and the atmosphere of the movie um it, it presumes an awful lot yeah, everyone's reactions to Howard is just odd. Like there isn't like a, a single reaction to Howard that you'd go, yeah, that's what I would do. Because when he first <laughs> crash lands on the planet, the first thing a lot of people do is go, Ray, a talking human duck thing, let's kill it. <laughs> and um, other people, I mean, and it goes like straight from that. So he's like in the job center. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like no one's even talking about the fact that he's a duck. And she's just, the, the, the sort of job centre woman's like, oh, I've had tougher cases than this. I'll get you a job. And she gets him a job in a sex sauna. <laughs> yeah, the sex yeah. sauna thing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. there's no one, the consistency of the reaction is very different. And people are they're scared of him one second and then they're laughing at him in the, in, in the next sort of scene. Um, you know, there's this lovely line where the punk rockers or whatever, the, the bad guys at the beginning who, who um, he defeats or kicks up in the... Uh, in the alleyway, they say, I've done, I've done too much toot, uh, one of them says, <laughs> which, is, 
like a drugs reference. I don't know what toot is, but I'd probably have some of that in this lockdown situation. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, you would be absolutely traumatized by it. But he, he's a bit of a dick as well, I think, um, Howard. I mean, she gives everything to him. She takes him in. She looks after him. She offers him a place to stay, all that sort of thing, some advice. Some, Tries to know, bang him. <laughs> some seduction. Yeah. And then he's just horrible to her at one point. Says, well, you know, he's... he's- He's also just quite boring, isn't he? I mean, yeah. again, the, the, the comic book version was sort of playing on detectives, film noir, that kind of cynical, um, sarcastic type. And that's all gone. I mean, he's a little bit cynical, I suppose, but really not that much. I, would, I wouldn't say he has really much of any kind of personality anymore. Um, yeah. And that, you know, I, I found, I mean... It's, it just sounds weird to say. I found it very difficult to care about the the, the duck, but you know, <laughs> I, I would have. You can care about anybody if the movie makes it believable. If the movie makes the character interesting, you could care about anybody. It could be Howard the Llama, and you know, if it's an interesting <laughs> llama, I'll care. But I think the problem I had is that Howard wasn't really anything, you know, no. and knowing that the 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 comic book he was something you know he had obviously that's why the comic book was a success it just seemed very disappointing that that had all gone from the movie and you're left with someone who's you know <laughs> ridiculous to look at but just really dull i think i think they're going to definitely do something with this character in the future aren't they because they kind of didn't they kind of sort of put him in some of the Marvel films that have just come out. He's, yeah, he's in, yeah. Isn't he in Endgame or something? He turns up yeah, at the portal and, scene. Yeah, and the, the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, yeah. So, there, you know, there, I, there's rumours. I, I think it's it, perhaps it works nicer as a cameo gag rather than another mm. whole film about Howard the Duck. Maybe 1986 <laughs> is still too recent in a lot of people's memories for there to yeah. be another movie. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's got a kind of cult following, you know. Uh, there's been various offshoots and reappearances and all kinds of things so he certainly hasn't disappeared from the marvel world are they still making the comic of this one then matt you know because I'm, I'm not a comic book person at all anymore really yeah yeah how are the ducks still running oh yeah. <laughs> i must dig oh. some out i must dig some out is it is are there is there, is there nudity in the comic or is it just normal <laughs> It, would it sell it more if I tell you that there is or is not? I just don't um, know if, they, if they've continued on the sort of sl- uh, sleazy, sleazy vibe. I don't know. I mean, is it, is it like... Yeah, I think that's definitely like Deadpool's like... Uh, definitely got this, this tone and they've stuck with that tone consistently. So, I mean, occasionally there's like cross events. So they tend to sort of, you know, water them down in those sort of things because you know, it's, a, it's a broad yeah, audience. But. Because he's got like a, a, a rocket raccoon kind of sense about him hasn't he you could see that yeah. kind of sassy sassy uh, um you know little little person with a big with a with a complex and um always trying to one-upmanship on everybody all the time so you can see it working and with this spider-verse thing we've had i don't want to go too geeky but that, that shows that you you know marvel are introducing this kind of multi multi-universe thing where things happen uh, and you can have that you can probably get away with having Duckland or duck planet and then having like people sucked in and out <laughs> different uh of those yeah, planets yeah. so it yeah, would work yeah. i mean people nowadays are like yeah yeah could totally buy that because there's yeah it, spider I think, pig i think yeah. now is the better be- the best time to do it i as i said though i, I think it just tarnished so many careers whether people would go for it again but but because of what can be done technically and because of what's gone before with guardians and with deadpool you know the kind of tone and humor that they have now would be a perfect moment to do it but um, i still think that it casts a long shadow this movie 
and that people then, would still be reluctant. People yeah. keep making fantastic four films, and each one of those is worse <laughs> than the last, and no one seems to be able to escape that shadow. So that's that's fine, right? Yeah, I mean, what goes around comes around, and you know, of course, a lot of films are rebooted a lot quicker than than after thirty four years, which is how long ago <laughs> Howard the Duck was. But maybe maybe when we hit forty years since Howard the Duck, twenty twenty four. Oh, sorry, 2026, maybe, and people will go, you know what? We've had enough <laughs> I, I'm <space> ready. <laughs> yeah, there's enough of a gap between the terrible Howard the Duck uh, from 1986, and now we can, you know, start all over again. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's not official. That's just, you know, that's not an official thing from uh, Marvel. That's just my guess. Because, you know, they, they want to mine everything, don't they? They're not, you know, all their properties are going to turn up one way or another no, at no, some that, point. That's, that's going on the show notes. James King says, <laughs> Howard the Duck's <laughs> yeah. coming back in Exclusive. six years' time. That Exclusive. Insider knowledge always pays off in the end, doesn't it, James? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. Taika with CT directing. Yeah, I, I mean, I can spin this one. Yeah, it would definitely work. People would believe it. They would believe it because it could be true. <laughs> That's the thing. Um, with, I was going to say something then about um, movies of this ilk because, uh, yeah, we know that the the main phase of of Marvel is is done and dusted, and now they're as you say they're mining all these other characters that people don't really know about, uh, and and sort of looking at these different comics. Uh, runs that it's a sort of inspiration to open up the universe and are people going to go uh yeah i'm happy to what the, is it the no, not the universals what are these guys these space dudes matt you're going to have to help me with this new film the guy uh, what are they called oh the eternals the eternals <laughs> space dudes the eternals <laughs> is coming um and that's that's going to have that, that looks to be like a bit like green lantern i think i think space dudes is the american title of the film. right okay okay <laughs> uh, but and i think people are going to either go oh do you know what i can't be bothered anymore with this because your main players are gone or they're going to be hardcore and, and and go yeah this is really interesting but well, I we've, think we've thought that on every beat of marvel's like uh, release schedule right it's like when i saw like the the the, the concept for guardians of the galaxy it's like oh that's gonna be rubbish it's never gonna work and you know when thor came out you're like well that's a probably a step too far because you know iron man was realistic we could kind of get behind that you know space gods uh is, is a step too far but every time they've hit it so yeah. I'd, be su- I'd be surprised i mean they've got to do a stinker just every uh, sooner or later they've got to do one it's just the rule it's just you know you can't just keep producing hit after hit after hit. Surely. Do you think the do you think the uh, the novelty's worn off a bit with this James these comic books things? Um, well, I'm I'm pleased in a way that that we have come to the end of of one of the phases, you know, and, and we will see some new things. You know, I, I I think that all franchises should have an end because otherwise, yeah. where's the investment for me emotionally if it, if I just think you know the every time the movie ends it doesn't really end because you know that you've got another chapter another episode coming along in a year's time um whereas if you know that it's the final one you know i think that's why um endgame actually was you know really resonated and had some emotional punch because it felt like a, a closing film and people died in it and you know that that's it in certain respects um so uh i'm quite pleased that it's come to an end not because i hated it but because you know i'm a fan of the of that franchise and i just wanted it to to, to go out on a high yeah they're gonna have to really find some characters that are good, we're gonna be able to invest in to be able to sort of carry us through these these next these next movies and i'm well, struggling as well isn't it you know, yeah you just gotta get the right actors to play them i mean i'm sure someone else playing Tony Stark I wouldn't have given a shit about you know it's not like Tony Stark is 
the greatest character ever and anybody could play him and he'd be amazing you know i think mm. so much of that is down to robert danny jr so um yeah, and the same with Ryan uh, Reynolds as Deadpool and all, you know, the, the, the hit ones that they've got. Um, Wolverine, you know, Hugh Jackman. Who's going to do Wolverine now if there's a yeah, new Wolverine yeah. movie? Yeah. You know, so um, in a way, they've made a rod for their own back because they've been so successful. But having said that, you know, always these other characters we haven't heard of, always new actors coming along who will be right at a certain moment. So, um, you know, there's, there's still plenty of scope. What, what could we take from this movie? Because obviously we don't want it in the bunker because we've got enough down here. It's getting a bit claustrophobic for us. <laughs> so we need to try and find an excuse to let it out. Um, what can we find that's good about this movie to sort of take it from the bunker and in, into sort of the universe? Well, there's the new I way really... of cooking, right? There's uh, when they were fighting in the cafe. Cafe, yeah. sorry. It was a, a diner, I guess, <laughs> in American terms. Um, they, they started seasoning him and throwing him with lettuce before even <laughs> carving him up. Which, um, uh, you know, that's definitely something where someone in lockdown would notice. It's like, that's a waste of lettuce. That's just going to get covered in blood and going to be unusable <laughs> in the recipe afterwards. So apart from that then, Matt, anything else? <laughs> I, I think it's a, it's a great little, um, little kind of time capsule of the mid-80s. The outfits... Um, the hairdos, the music, Beverly's apartment, uh, Kitars. I mean, Kitars are so bad. <laughs> <Kitars. right? laughs> even my, even Microlite aircraft. I'm sure that that felt like a very 80s oh, thing to me watching that again. I, I seem to think that associate Microlite aircraft with that era. You don't really see them so much anymore. Um, no. So I think that you could watch it if you wanted to see what, you know, in terms of uh, fashion and pop culture was going on in the mid 80s, then the actually Howard the Duck does capture that yeah um, and even you know the music as well Thomas Dolby was doing the songs you know pop singer of the time so you know uh, I think it that stuff actually is what hooked me in most watching it as a sort of time capsule of of 1986. Yeah, the soundtrack's quite good as well right or is that just because yeah. I've got the sort of fond memories well, of well John Barry did the music or most of the music didn't he you know actually I think the music's great you know yeah. it's it, uh, it's got that sort of sweeping George Lucas epic Indiana Jones type feel to it um mm. the, the movie isn't there to match it but the music's pretty good yeah for me I agree with with the nostalgia aspect because I do remember the 80s very well and I enjoyed all the hair and the, and, and the dancing I and the makeup because <laughs> uh, obviously now I'm follically challenged nowadays so I always look back at hair times with fondness but the <laughs> the this Tim Robbins is good in this. He does a really good Donald Duck impression. Um, and it's good to see him, you know, just starting out, essentially. Was this his first acting role? I don't know, he can't have been, but it must have been one of his first. I think first. It, was, it, was certainly, it was certainly a big break for him because he said, you know, I don't care that the movie's terrible. I had a good time. It was my first big gig and I got paid loads of money because it ran over schedule, so I got paid double time. So I think <laughs> Tim Robbins had, you know, famous socialist Tim Robbins has quite, fond memories of it for, <laughs> for all the dollars he was making uh, but yeah. I actually quite liked I, but you know we mentioned Jeffrey Jones and and uh his role in Ferris Bueller as Ed Rooney and actually I don't know if this is just coincidence but there are a couple of other people who are also Ferris Bueller in this um so the woman at the job center that we mentioned um actually yep. played Florence uh Sparrow the matron at the at Ferris's high school who get who gets Sloan out of class um, okay so she's so she's another Ferris Bueller um, cast member, and then there's a, in the Howard the Duck there's a bar scene where 
the band's manager is discussing with his mates and he's a real sleazebag. Yeah. And one of the, one of his mates is the guy from the car park in Ferris Bueller who takes the Ferrari for a ride. When, okay. When Ferris is looking around Chicago. So this, I mean, this is quite nerdy. I appreciate, but um, <laughs> I just noticed those Ferris Bueller connections, you know, with three actors from that movie also popping up in Howard the Duck. Um, so that kept me entertained as well. Um, I also noticed in the, in the credits, um, it, it kind of flashed by because because it's Marvel film, right? I, I watched all the credits, waiting for the <laughs> for the, the sting, yeah, for the sting, and the and the, 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 the tie into the the world of universe, and it didn't happen. But there is a small tie to future Marvel films. So, it, um, Joe Johnston gets a credit for the microlight sequence. He directed or um, choreographed the microlight sequence. So I think it was probably the, sort of the best bit of action in the film. Um, obviously, he went on to be director of uh, Captain America: First Avenger. Oh, good. Good for so, him. Uh, yeah, good for him. <laughs> Didn't kill his career. Everyone else kind of like, you look down the list and everyone else is just like, this is their last film they did. So I guess for me, one of the, the big attractions for this movie, watching it again, it was the nostalgia, the hair and the makeup and the clothes. And I do, I do have a, a soft spot for, um, for, for Lee Thompson because of uh, the, the, all the movies that she's been in in this era because she, I remember having a massive crush on her as a kid. So, you know, for that reason... And that reason alone, regardless of what you two have said, I think we can, <laughs> we can let this one go because it, it and, is officially... You always had a chance with Lee Thompson, right? Because like A, she would go after her own son and then B, she kind of fancies <laughs> a duck. So, you know, she's clearly got a low bar hey, for entry I as had a boyfriend. Ju- I had just as much a chance as anything, any living thing. Okay? <laughs> any living thing, whether it's a relative or an animal. You had the same chance with Lee no Thompson bar. in the 80s. There's no bar. <laughs> Um, so yes, we can allow this out because it's the first Marvel proper movie as well. Everyone needs to sort of acquaint themselves with this kind of how it used to be. And we've talked about this yeah. in the past in the podcast because we've the talked struggles about, that we went through. Before. Yeah, we've seen. You know, you talked about Blade. We've talked about um, you know uh, Hulk and you know all the movies that came before the you know Fantastic Four movies that have never really you know got off the ground. And this is what it used to be like for people like us. This is the sort of thing that used to attract us to the cinema or to, to the, you know the dodgy VHSs that we were given as kids. And yeah. so you know this is heaped in nostalgia it's heaped in sort of memories and things so for that reason we got we got to let it out haven't we matt it's got to be free just from it's my childhood free. alone it's got to be free well free the duck free the duck <laughs> free the duck emotionally and uh, physically and hopefully one day he'll get to use his little duck condom uh, <laughs> on, his, on his little wallet um uh, yeah i kind of i yeah i hope he does only because i don't want him to have kids with <laughs> that would be really weird <laughs> I mean, wow. it's weird anyway, let's be honest. But, you know, imagine sort of half dark, half Lee Thompsons. Would you have to hatch them? I mean, would they be giving yeah, exactly. birth like a normal baby? Would she give birth to an egg and then that it, would hatch? It reminds me of Family Guy when Brian the dog always hooks up with, you know, human women. Uh, and there's sort of no explanation. And women find him attractive and stuff. And they don't go into the sort of the whole fact that he's a dog, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it just happens. Actually, this is probably the best thing about the film is that it's blind to race, creed or animal. Because at one point, the police are given a description to find him. And they describe his clothes and everything. They don't mention he's a fucking duck. <laughs> <laughs> Good. See, it was a much... They're blind to that. They don't, they don't see race. Or creed, or race, or species. <laughs> they don't see any of that. They just see a pair of camo pants and a bad jacket, and that's how they describe it. <laughs> hey, I think you're fine. I, I, I beg to differ. I think Howard dressed very well. Uh, he was a snazzy little duck. <laughs> 
Yeah, I like by the end when he's kind of, you know, in the music industry and he's got like shoulder pads and the glittery jacket and everything. Yeah. He looks great. He rocks it, doesn't he? He rocks that look. Yeah. Good little good duck. Job. What a lovely little duck <laughs> he is. Um, thanks, thanks ever so much, James, for coming on and, and cracking on about this one. <laughs> so sorry. Absolute uh, pleasure. Um, what, can we, uh, what can we persuade you to do next time? We'll have to delve in and find some <laughs> little gem from the 80s or from any yeah, decade. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, uh, I, there's, I, I, there's no boundaries. You know, whatever you want to throw at me, I'm fine. You know, I'll, I'll give anything a try. I was going to say, uh, to be honest, I never want to come on here again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the next one might be the kind of straw that breaks the, the camel's back, you never yeah, know. Yeah. But, but um, so I've done two uh, not great movies. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the third one could be just that one too many. Yeah, but we're no, kind of pushing want, our luck. Whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, any era, any genre, whatever you want, it's right. fine. We'll find something. We'll find today. something. Where can we find you on, on Twitter what, what, and Instagram? What's your handles? Yeah. Yeah, it's James King Movies on Twitter and Instagram. So um, at the moment, I'm just, you know, recommending stuff for people to watch at home because that's kind of where a lot of us are stuck. Um, yeah. And uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's great. We've got so many ways of watching movies now. If, if this happened in the era of Howard the Duck, we'd really be screwed because yeah. we wouldn't be able to go down to the video store and rent stuff. They'd all be closed up. So yeah. we'd just be relying on four channels at home. But, you know, today all I had to do was go on Amazon Prime and pay £2.50 or whatever it was to watch How the Dark. And <laughs> miraculously, there it was within seconds. So anything goes. If we were to draw a graph of my process, of my method, something like this. So Ian, so Ian, so Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! So Ian, so Ian, so Ian. Yeah, and that's where I fell off the internet, Matthew. Yeah, unceremoniously dumped off the internet by the internet gods. But yes, thanks very much, James, for coming on the podcast. It's a, a it really good, yeah. really good one about uh, the great uh, Howard the Duck. See, I forgot the name Lane of the time. for me that one. Yeah, brilliant. Lovely duck nipples. Um, <laughs> so, what I'll do is I'll cut in James saying goodbye uh, to us right at the end because obviously he didn't get the chance to do that properly. So, if you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, then make sure you subscribe to it and uh, give us a like. Uh, on the social platforms that we've got. We're out there on the social media. And uh, give us a rating, uh, write a review if you haven't done already, because it really helps. Um, and join along the chat. Yeah. Um, visit the website, Matthew, which is a really good one, isn't it? It's brilliant, yeah. It's uh, moviebunkerpodcast.com. Until next time. Yeah, bye, listeners. Bye, James. Bye, James. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.